Welcome to All About the Sisters Wellness Podcast, where we help you reclaim your overall health and wellness. Get informed, take action, and be better at being well. I'm Melanie Painter, founder of All About the Sisters and your host. What will life be after COVID-19 for companies? I really wonder. At the beginning of 2020, we surely were not thinking about this. And who would have imagined that it would take a global pandemic and an economic crisis to see how we can reimagine our future on this planet? All manner of changes taking place before our eyes. I hear pollution in some cities has lessened. There's also dialogue taking place around how this social crisis has created whole-scale changes in behavior and how this new model could also be applied to climate change. That's fantastic. There's enforced social isolation, which has dramatically accelerated working in the virtual space, which might not be such a bad thing in itself if it can help us save money and also save the planet. This new virtual working model has taken a toll on business as usual. More people are working from home more than ever now, and I'm not mad at that. The sad result is that some companies are close to collapse because their business models revealed to be unsustainable. They rely on an outdated single service activity that is easily exposed and disrupted, and the pandemic showed that up. A new agenda for change is emerging. It's gaining traction and is raising questions that will not go away. All of this creates fertile ground for commerce-led sustainable innovation that transforms business models and behaviors. The world needs leadership that embraces a new way of thinking and a new way of working. The World Economic Forum says the digital economy will play an increasingly important role in the recovery of the global economy post COVID-19. So what opportunities should entrepreneurs on the path to recovery have their antenna tuned into to adapt? There's one, the ability to leverage digital tools to survive the ongoing crisis. Two, the process of digital transformation across almost all sectors. And three, greater social mobility and shared value creation that entrepreneurs can leverage using digital tools on the recovery path. Everything that, as we know it, is changing at lightning speed. And it's time to think big, think loud, and push the limits. That is what I'm thinking. If you're an entrepreneur that lost in this pandemic, you can still win big because opportunity is ripe. Bringing it close to home, navigating this entrepreneurial life for the past seven years has been both daunting and rewarding. But staying true to my divine gifts has given me the clarity I need to make the right decisions at the right times. I've relied on my vision and my intuition to help me navigate and shift when I needed to. And I don't settle and you shouldn't either. If you are one of the unfortunate people to have lost your job during this year, there's still a silver lining in the dark cloud. Did you know that Netflix, Airbnb, and Trader Joe's were all founded during a recession? Yes, great ideas come when your back is against the wall. Creativity comes anytime we need to question the rules, the status quo, or even yourself. This is why I'm excited about the prospects of changing the way we as entrepreneurs think and do. Not a time to get stuck, but to fuel those ideas you have had for a while. Shifting out of your comfort zone isn't easy, especially when you have no clue where to start, I know. Which is why I wanted to talk to Tanya Matthews about this, because she's a small business consultant and coach who helps entrepreneurs start, grow, and transform their business. If you are someone who was forced to pivot this year because of the pandemic, 
then we may have some advice for you. So listen in. Our guest today is Tanya Matthews. Her company, Tanya Theory LLC, is a boutique business consulting firm founded in 2016 to provide strategic, actionable solutions to entrepreneurs and small business owners. And we are so happy to have Tanya here at my podcast today. Welcome to the All About the Sisters Wellness Podcast. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me. And so I was very excited to bring you on to hear just what you, some advice, whatever advice you have to give us. Um, so you're an entrepreneur, <laughs> you're an entrepreneur yes. a business consultant, a business coach, project manager, graphic designer, creative. Yeah, lots of things. Lots of things. How do you, how do you keep it coordinated and all together? I mean, it's just second nature for the most part. Like they are all things that I thoroughly enjoy and I love and I have a passion for. So um, it's easy to keep those balls in the air versus, you know, something that I abhor or don't like at all. So, Well, we admire that. We admire that. Curious to know why you started on the entrepreneurial journey. What led you there? Um, it has been, I think, from just ingrained in me, like from a very, very early age, I was always um, curious about things on the flip side. So, um, you know, driving down the highway or, you know, going out with my parents or going to visit uh, where my dad worked at the time, like I would look at the internal stuff. I would always question, well, how something is being run and why is it being run a certain way and who owns this and who's operating this. And so I was always curious about the internal, the inside of a company versus mm -hmm the result, the final result. And the more I probed, I realized that, you know, there's certain structures in place, there's a, a manner and a way of doing things. And in order to have control over your outcome and control over, you know, doing the things that you like, ownership is important. So my dad always had like a side hustle um, growing up um, before he transitioned to being a full-time entrepreneur himself. Mm -hmm. uh, my mom is very resourceful. Like they, we weren't rich by societal standards, but we, they figured out ways to get things, honest ways to get us what we needed. So I, I never felt lack. And because of that, I think it, I, it, I correlated that to, you know, them having diversified income streams and revenue streams to take care of the family. So as I grew, I gravitated towards, you know, business studies. Um, and I think it was like around 15, I was part of like an entrepreneurial incubator program. And they asked um, for us to write a speech for our 70th birthday. And a lot of my peers in my peer group at the time, they, you know, kicked a fuss against it. They thought it was, you know, like you're writing your arbitrary or like it was, they took it as something morbid. But for me, I was excited because I'm like, this is a, a great opportunity to reflect um, forward and backwards at the same time. Um, and I remember like I had the notepad with me that I travel with, I carry with me 
like throughout all these years because within that 15 year old speech i wrote that i was like you know the ceo of this global conglomerate and then you know at 50 i passed it on to my two kids etc etc so it's something that was that i always um had a desire and drive towards i love it i love it you sound caribbean i am <laughs> proud <to me. laughs> i can tell you have that the one thing they bestowed on us Trinis or Caribbean people at large is ambition. We have ambition beyond measure, which is a good thing. Comes exactly. in very handy in a place like yep. the United States. So what is the yes. theory behind Tanya's theory and how do you assist business owners? All right. So Tanya's theory is a hodgepodge of different things. Um, it's a combination of my experiences, the things that I've learned um, as a small business owner, as an entrepreneur myself, um, owning, operating, starting businesses. Like I, I intimately understand the highs and the lows. I know the dance of entrepreneurship, of wanting to do everything yourself and knowing it's not possible. Um, and then um, having corporate experience as well. As I said previously, like when I was in corporate, like I learned the business. I paid attention to operating models, I paid attention to systems, I paid attention to processes, um, because you you are in a in an environment that already has a fully well-oiled ecosystem that you're not aware of, you're just in it, so you operate, but everything has been um, purposely put in place, right? So I paid a lot of attention to that. And then also, I'm very solution-oriented. Um, I have like a design thinking type of flair. Um, so a combination of muscle and flair is kind of like how um, Tony Theory was born. And that's how I help my, my clients and my entrepreneurs, my business owners, because I understand the passion, the drive, you know, having the creativity, having um, the, the abilities, the talent, but sometimes not understanding through truly the business part or the business aspect of running and sustaining a business. So I'm not in business for, um, you know, a hobby type entrepreneur who just wants to make a quick buck or who, um, you know, have like a concurrent side hustle running alongside a nine to five or what have you. I primarily help businesses that are in it for the long haul. So business owners that want sustainability, wants longevity, looking to build wealth um, and looking to scale. Scale, important. Mm -hmm. I'm yes. glad you mentioned that. So, Cause I, I see that you view things from a different perspective. What are you seeing yes. right now in our current business landscape? Like how has the pandemic affected the way we do business? Well, for one, I see a lot of opportunity. Um, I know there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of pain, especially um, in communities where um, resources are scarce, where there weren't proper infrastructures in place, um, etc. Um, so there's a lot of pain and my heart goes out to those micro um, solopreneurs that are just buckling under the pressures of the pandemic, but I see it as a, a way for them to reinvent themselves and to come up with more innovative ways of doing things. Um, the current landscape, as I said, is pure opportunity for me. Um, there's a lot of things, the, the soil is fertile right now to um, truly start planting new seeds, start thinking of new ways of doing things. Um, so I'm, I'm hopeful that 
it would be um, favorable on the other end of everything. I hope so too. Um, I recently okay. read an article that suggested that we, re we, we reinvent to operate with speed. Do you agree with that? Well, in what context did they use speed? Because you can be speed to market, speed to change the way you're doing things. Like what? Give me a little more context. I think the article was generally in the changing atmosphere of how we do business. I'm thinking, it, if I remember clearly, it was about your operation. Like you have to be able to switch. Um, yes. So that's the advantage of an entrepreneur and small business owner. Like we don't have a lot of baggage, right? We don't, we are not top heavy in terms of expenses, overhead, boardrooms, etc. Most of the times it's you, maybe a partner, maybe a couple of employees. Um, so entrepreneurship, I think we're at an advantage to be as lean and agile as possible. And I think that should always be the goal in this industry, in the space that we operate in. Um, speed, yes. Um, I would also add speed with a sense of... Um, keeping a pulse on what's currently going on, right? And you should have a good operating model in place, a working model in place, looking at your loopholes, always assessing, always reassessing, you know, what's going on and um, how you can improve things, how you can be more efficient. Um, so I definitely think um, speed is almost like a, a, a automatic benefit to entrepreneurs because of the the nimble quality that we all share because of the smaller teams and you know smaller um budgets etc and you know you mentioned something about staying lean and agile and i was listening to a podcast the other day with kevin sistrom who founded instagram and i couldn't believe mm -hmm. that he built instagram with five people yeah very very lean personnel like five people and then when they needed to expand because it took off in like you know the first day they had thousands of downloads and then by the end of the month they had like a million yeah. and he said they only expanded to 13 at that point and it yeah. required even more because they kept just blowing up Green. yeah so mm -hmm. there is something to be in lean yeah and, and Yep. Yeah. Especially in, in the environment that we're in today, like you want to be able to move on things quickly um, without a lot of doubt <laughs> and a lot of lack of decision making. So because that's what caused like there's a lot of hesitation sometimes when you feel uncertain about thing about things about, you know, the times that we're in, you don't want to like make a mistake or what have you. But inactivity to me is um as worse as as the same as um not acting at all like you know not moving forward yeah detrimental to growth again exactly mm -hmm. well so in what area are entrepreneurs lacking the most in your opinion Whew. um i from my experience and from dealing with my clients i would say the number one reason is just not having a proper operating model um, without having the, it's almost like if you're building a house on a shaky foundation. So a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, they're excited, they're passionate, they're ready to go, they're ready to get out of the gate. And 
they don't take into consideration um, the things to sustain themselves up front. Um, most of the times they're just not aware of, you know, things, different metrics that I have to put in place. Um, a lot of the times they're just, you know, euphoric, you know, they think everything is going to work out, the grass is greener, etc. And they keep going. Um, but not having an operating model, um, you, you, you end up being in a reactive versus a proactive state, which is, you know, why a lot of smaller businesses are crumbling under the pandemic. They are reacting to an, um, uh, something that happened that was unexpected. Um, but if you, once you have a good foundation, you can basically see where your, your weaknesses are, where your weak points are, where your loopholes are, and try to improve it as you move along instead of solutioning as a crisis occurs. So having a working operating model, and that is you know, involving um, how you do, how you transact, how you, what are your customer experiences like, your financial records, making sure that is in top shape, making sure you're reinvesting in your business, making sure you understand your product life cycle, making sure that you um, stay innovative, you stay lean, you stay agile, you, there's a lot of different variables, but that goes into your operating model that a lot of people overlook. And it's not a business plan. You know, you can have a business plan and you don't implement the business plan. And then what happens, the operating model is something totally separate from your business plan. And I think that's where a lot of entrepreneurs get confused at times. Mm, very interesting. Um, I think for the first time during this pandemic, because I had a lot of downtime, for the first time ever, I really considered what scaling my business would look like. Mm. And that was very exciting to me, but it was also mm. very scary to me because I knew what that meant. And right. it meant that I would have to do a lot more of what you're talking about, which is figuring out what that operating model would be. How do I monetize? Right. How do I? And it's been good. I have to good. It'll be scary, but it's been good. Yeah, but the, the good thing about, you know, doing the work up front is that you can almost go into autopilot, right? Operationalizing your business gives you the bandwidth and the capacity to do things, to do the innovative things, to truly see where the revenue is coming from, to put other growth opportunities at play once you have that comfort level. But when things are shaky and you have no idea what's going on or you're just operating from the hip, it's hard to, um, you know, make those type of decisions on the fly. I get it. And I, I see a lot of businesses in the landscape out here that are just, people want to make money. Yeah. But not considering all of the avenues because sometimes you might... Mm -hmm. Listening to another podcast again, it talked about the yeah. business behind your business. Correct. You have a business out front. It's like any of the fast food restaurants. Their Correct. business is not necessarily fast food. That's not their Correct. that's what you see. See, but their yeah. business is probably real estate. Correct. Because they're on every strategic corner that you look, and all of them, the Wendy's, opposite the McDonald's, opposite the Burger King, opposite the Taco yeah. Bell, and they they just take four corners of a of a traffic, you know, a, a four. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that takes, you know, strategic planning, strategic thinking, um, long-term planning, short-term planning. But I love to use the example, like, I'm pretty certain if my clients hear this, they would just chuckle because, or laugh, because I always use the example of Beyonce, right? 
Beyond, when, when I see Beyonce, I mean, Beyonce is beautiful. She's talented. She's awesome, multi-passionate, you know, gold star. But when I look at Beyonce, I think of the engine behind Beyonce, right? Like I think of the business of Beyonce and you don't become Beyonce off of talent, right? There are plans at play, there are, you know, power people at play that, you know, bring that type of business together. So when you look at Beyonce's operating model, which a lot of people won't see her and think operating model, but when you look at her operating model, the people that are running her company are consultants from McKinsey and they have, you know, had corporate careers. And the reason why she's smart enough to, to hire people that does things that she does, she's not good at right? She's good at performing, singing, etc. cetera. Um, but that's another thing that entrepreneurs don't really get to until later on. You know, they think I can handle everything. I can do everything. And they don't take the time to be honest with themselves to be like, I don't know how to do this. So let me do some reading or seek out some help or what have you. Now she's onto something pretty major and you can tell by looking at her infrastructure and her business model because they know what they're doing. Hence the reason why she continues to be relevant and successful and is able to sustain such a career. And there's been a lot of growth. She's the face a of lot the of growth. But she, ne- she may not necessarily be the CEO of the business. And I think that's right. something. But that- she is the CEO, but she has a very powerful COO, the chief operating officer, which is the one that implements and runs the operating model, to be honest. Got it. Say. Got it. Mm-hmm. So everyone has had to adapt to many changes because of this pandemic. Have you had to pivot quickly in your business? I didn't have to do a, a total 360 pivot. Um, I straddle both the analog and digital world. Um, and when I say straddle, like I loved engaging with my clients in person and meeting up with them. Um, it's something that gives me a deeper understanding of who they are and why they're in business and why they do what and what makes them tick, etc. cetera. Um, so in those regards, like I had to um, make sure my first touch point in the digital space provides that same level of experience because that's part of my customer experience, making sure that um, we build a level of trust, they build a level of credibility, they feel comfortable to allow me into their world so we can collaborate effectively. Um, so I had to make sure my internal digital process um, was streamlined to a point where it was user-friendly, accommodative, and um, uh, in a manner that they would be able to utilize and appreciate in the same way that I would engage with them in person. Um, So I had to expand my capacity faster because of the influx of clients I got because of the pandemic because everyone is now looking for a business consultant to help them navigate through the waters. And I am very, I'm not a one size fit all boutique firm. I'm very custom. So I meet you where you are. I solution based on your specific need. And because um, I do so, and I, 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 I try to add as much value as I can, um, that takes time. Right. So I had to figure out ways to um, 
divide my time more effectively by utilizing the same tools that I usually tell my clients to use when I am helping them to digitally transform their business. Sounds like everybody needs you. <laughs> well, everyone needs help, <laughs> I, myself included. <laughs> you know, everyone needs help. Everyone needs to, I usually say, if you're an entrepreneur, you don't need to have um, your you don't need to be paying money to each and every person, but you should have a tribe of people that you can um, talk to, bounce the ideas off of. Um, so you don't necessarily need a consultant. Maybe when you're at the point of growing and scaling or you need to pivot or transform, then you employ um, the services of a consultant or a coach, etc. cetera. But um, we all need help. We all need a community <laughs> in this type of business. That, that is very true. Um, how, do you, how do you suggest that entrepreneurs pivot if they don't have a consultant or cannot afford one? How do you suggest that they pivot in the short term? So um, double down on their strengths. What your strengths are? What are you doing very well now? Um, is it still viable? Is it still relevant? Um, what are your your opportunities, um, form partnerships. If you, you find you're lacking in a particular area, but you believe you have a, a, a strong product, something that can take you into um, 2021, 2022 and beyond, find partnerships, collaborate with someone who may be doing it better or differently or may have the manpower to help you and, or assist you along the way. Um, that's one. The second thing would be, I'm a huge proponent of reading, like, read for your needs. <laughs> so if you need to figure out anything, you, you find the literature, like everything is out there. Everything is at our fingertips. It's just a matter of us, you know, accessing it, accessing the information. So reading, then understanding your finances, understanding your cash flow. So that's another big item for entrepreneurs they don't understand their cash coming in and cash going out um they just operate right so when you, you have a, a good understanding of a cash flow you now can decide okay if i am pivoting into implementing a new product line or changing my supply chain my supply chain broke down due to the pandemic and i need to solicit a new manufacturer a new supplier what would that require right? Would that require a higher cost of items, of costing the items, um, more negotiating, more contracts? What does that mean? But if I don't have, have an understanding of my cash coming in, cash going out, I can't make those type of decisions. Um, so those three things, I think, um, are simple enough that any entrepreneur in the current environment can implement. Um, doubling down on your strengths, reading as much as possible to keep a pulse on what's going on in the current environment because you don't want to make a pivot, make a change into a direction that is not making sense <laughs> to you and also understanding your financial status because it varies for everyone. Those are three major points, particularly number two, which I have mm -hmm. found half of my day I spend reading and researching and I always say in my mind, to be an entrepreneur, you have to be a researcher. You have to you have to. Because the answers are really out there. I have learned yep. so many things over the last seven years, just driving and trying to grow and just mm -hmm. on my own. 
Just yeah. sitting in my little room behind the computer and just learning. And I always say, thank God for the internet. It's a great resource. Yeah. Because I remember <laughs> when is. I started on DDoS. DOS, yeah. Oh, my know. gosh. There was yeah, no me too. Search then. You had to, like, write code. So Yeah. Or let's go to the library. Right? <laughs> or, or, or the Encyclopedia Britannica. PDF. Oh, have. my gosh. Yes. <laughs> right. So we've come a long way. There's lots of resources out there. And Definitely. The marketing guys are teaching a lot of stuff. So if you really want to know anything, please just tap in. There's so much information. So much. That's the thing. There's a lot. One of the 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 perks, or I should say, the trends that I've really benefited from because of the pandemic is the free information that's out there. There are so many free webinars and free um, tools and workshops and stuff that you can participate in. And most of them are pre-recorded where you can, you know, go back to a a convenient time to you. Um, but there's so much information out there. And I mean, you take what you need and you leave what you don't need, but it's, it's a good exercise in strengthening your mental muscle and, um, just being exposed to different thoughts and opinions and theories. So what are the different ways you work with clients right now? So um, primarily consultants, business consultants, small business consultants. Um, and it depends really on your need. So I, I have crafted a workshop series um, that I've been doing for the last two and a half years. And the reason that came about is because dealing with entrepreneurs, again, like helping them strategize or providing creative guidance, providing um, graphic design work. And then within a year, they would come back and say, oh, I need your help because I am not making as much money. I invested all this money up front and making everything look great and everything look pretty, but I'm not making money. And, or there's one particular um, client that really pushed me to the point where um, I was having, I invited them for coffee. And this was way before coffee, you know, asking someone out for coffee was seen as a a bad thing. (laughs) Um, Because, you know, now your your time is so important. Like people are like, oh, can I have coffee with you to pick your your brain a bit? And they're like, "Um, maybe never <laughs> right um but i invited this this person out for coffee because she was in an entrepreneurial space i just wanted to get some insight in terms of like what some of her challenges are and you know just to learn <laughs> because i'm an eternal student right um and i remember within the first 10 minutes of meeting up with her it went from her telling me about her challenges to me consulting. Now, at the time, I didn't know I was consulting, right? Like I was just saying, well, what do you think about this? Or you should try this or there's this tool out there that you can implement. Um, and because her issue at the time, she was at a stalemate. She wasn't growing. She wanted to transition into doing other things. She just didn't know how to do it. Um, so I started, you know, giving my two cents. And then the more I did it, I realized like, oh, okay, this is what I do with my clients all the time like because at that point I had you know my passion projects going I had um, two businesses that I was running concurrently but I didn't consider myself a consultant right um, so at that point I was like you know what I should start paying closer attention to um, helping people with the process versus just giving them, you know, tidbits here and there. So I crafted this workshop series that takes you from A to Z, like ideation to execution. Um, So we go through a defined phase, a focus phase, strategy, um, risk, 
which is something that, I, and the, the funny thing is, I come from a financial risk background. So risk for me is paramount, right? So the clients that I've worked with, with, with in the past who adopted those strategies that we develop around risk, they haven't buckled under the pandemic, right? Because they had an understanding of where their downfalls are, where their loopholes were to circumvent, you know, things like this, right? Um, so, and then I take you through operations. So it's primarily for new ventures or if you're looking to like totally transform your business. Um, so that's one aspect of consulting I do. Then I also consult for digital transformation. Like if you're up and running your existing business already and you're looking to improve your bottom line, um, I come in with a fine tooth comb, <laughs> look through, you know, what are your opportunities are, how you can take your business to the next level. And then I also do creative consulting, helping with, because it's something that I enjoy. And to me, it's, I do it out of a necessity because if I'm helping you with transforming your business and I realize that you're lacking in your branding aspect, then I would help in that regard as well. Wow, that is amazing. That's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, but I, I enjoy it. It doesn't even feel like work. <laughs> you know and that's the key that's the key. yeah i'm curious to know what are your thoughts on like social media and the, the way we depend on social media because i'll tell you what i'll tell you why i asked this question mm -hmm. i've been noticing during covid 19 mm -hmm. that there are some people with brands that are not so well known, but they do a lot of the work on the ground. Like yes. if you wanted somebody in any community, they will call their name, but their social media is weak for the most part. And then there are other people with brands who are like, Ooh, flash thousands of followers. And I think it gets confusing for anybody who's like coming into the game of, you know, this entrepreneurial journey. Like I got to get my social media up. So that's the first thing that they focus on. And I'm like, well, I don't quite agree. Because there was a time when it was easy to grow your Instagram. It was mm -hmm. easy. When Instagram first came out, it was very easy to grow. So some of these brands have grown in that time and everybody sees them now. But they didn't understand that the analytics, the, everything has changed. They changed the algorithms over time and all of this stuff. So now it's even harder for you to get your voice heard. But it doesn't mean that you're not doing work. I think, I think that is so skewed. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Correct. Um, I mean, I'm right there with you. I am not um, a fan, or I shouldn't say a fan. I am not big. I don't have a huge presence on social media um, for many reasons. Um, I do a lot of work from everything that I describe. It takes time and I don't have the capacity to play around on social media. You know what I mean? Like I put the work in where I think is important to me. Now, social media is a great tool to garner attention, to sell your products, um, to build um, a name, a brand name for yourself. Those are all great advantages of social media. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, it goes back to what is your why? What is, why are you doing what you're doing? So for me, social media is not um, where I get business, where I farm out my business, where I advertise myself, that's not my platform. I mean, it's eventually, you know, having a digital presence is important because that's the way the world is going now, but it really depends on how you 
how your business model operates. Now, if your business model is heavily dependent on social media, then you need to have a presence on social media and you need to develop a, a strategy for social media. So I always tell people I can develop a mean growth strategy, content strategy for your social medias, but to do it for myself, I just, I don't have the, 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 the time or the bandwidth to do so. So I'm not um, against, you know, focusing on social media, but if that there's no ROI there, like if you're not getting a return on your investment, then why are you spending 90% of your time on social media doing something and you're not reaping the benefits of it, right? So if you're at 100K um, followers, for example, and you launch a product, and then it depends on the, the activity, the engagement you're getting, you launch a product, are you launching a product and it's selling out in a couple of minutes or do you sit on that inventory for months? You know what I mean? Like it really depends on your business model. So social media, again, it's a great thing. It's to socialize, to engage, to share thoughts and information. That's what I use my personal social media for. Um, I know at the beginning of 2020, I decided to be more, um, assertive with my digital presence because my clients are now at an intersection of the analog world where they are serious business owners where their business model is not dependent on social media to a large degree and entrepreneurs who um, believe that they need to have a huge social component right so I I started noticing when I tell when I talk to clients and engage with clients they're like so how do we find you and it didn't mean my website. They meant, how do I find you on the gram? <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I need to figure out a way to like put myself out there and try to communicate what I do in-house um, in a digital space as well. Um, so I started doing that quite timidly at the top of 2020. And it so happened that COVID happened. So I'm, I'm, I am trying, but I don't, it's not within my, um, I don't have an ROI on social media. So I don't exhaust a lot of time there, but it really depends on, you know, what you're doing, why you're using social media. Um, again, using your influence <laughs> to make an impact, whether it's your bottom line or with social issues, because it doesn't make any sense. You spend a lot of time on social media to grow an audience and then you don't use your influence to benefit anyone. That is excellent advice. Um, yeah. And thank you for that. I've been enjoying your social media, by the way, because I get yeah. a lot of insights and you share a lot of things that maybe I'm not thinking about, but then I go back and I check and I'm like, okay, Tanya, stop making sense right here. So. Yeah, thank you. And that's my thing with social media. Like with, in any aspect, I remember one of the reasons I use Instagram a lot personally. I'm in my personal life um, to share, you know, things with my family and stuff. Um, because I am drawn to visual storytelling, right? I, I like to see um, things being communicated in a visual way, in a creative way. I love to engage with content like that, but I also love value. So if I'm not getting value from an account or a post or what have you, to me, it's like, it's a waste of a digital space. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it would be valuable to someone else. So hence the reason I have a heavily curated, I mine what I consume, 
like I consume specific things for specific needs. So as a consultant, like I follow certain accounts because of what they curated or what they're sharing, etc. As a creative, I do the same, but it's for me to learn and grow and not just waste time. I get that. And that makes a lot of sense. You know, I think now we have to, I keep the word lean keeps coming back to me. And I think we have to be lean, like trim all the fat and everything. Yeah, with so, everything, time, everything. Yeah. Yep. Well, Tanya, right. this has been so refreshing. Thank you so much for coming on and giving us your insights. And I'm sure there are entrepreneurs out there who definitely need your wisdom. So how can, how can they find you? Well, they can find me, and thank you for having me on. This was great. <laughs> um, they can find me at my website. It's tonyatheory.com, T-O-N-N-I-A-T-H-E-O-R-Y.com. And from there, they can find me on the other platforms. Okay, great. So for those of you listening, Tonya is a serious business consultant. You've heard some <laughs> of the stuff she shared on here. So please go we'll give her a call, connect with her. And let her know what your needs are. Tanya, yeah, thank you again for coming on. It was very great. I'm Melanie Painter, and I thank you for listening. For more about All About the Sisters, please go to www.allaboutthesisters.com or check us out wherever you listen to your podcasts. Want to know more about our guests? Check the description of this episode down below.